Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and for 122 episodes, we've helped you lose money on everything. It's a sports gambling podcast where we lose as many bets as possible in about 20-ish minutes. On this episode, we'll be discussing our favorite ways to lose money on the U.S. Open with Charlie Chalk. And of course, a recap and record check at the end of the show. I have 13 bets I'm giving out this week. Oh, that is too many bets. And on top, a couple of bets from Charlie Chalk for our favorite bets on the U.S. Open. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get to the bets. The U.S. Open. You know, once upon a time, the U.S. Open was the domain of the little guys. You know, the plotters. The guys who knocked in the short stuff, aimed for the middle of the greens, and two-putted for pars. The ones who rarely made any major mistakes. From champions such as Corey Pavin to Lee Jansen, Jim Furyk to Graham McDowell, it was widely known that big-hitting, aggressive players didn't have the patience of these types. It'd be too imperceptive to suggest that all changed with Dustin Johnson when he won at Oakmont in 2016, especially after he shoulda, coulda, woulda won the previous year at Chambers Bay. But it's impossible to ignore the recent list of winners and the commonalities amongst them. Johnson's win led to a pair of victories by Brooks Kepka, which in turn led to Gary Woodland, Bryson DeChambeau, and John Rahm. If we were putting together a golfers-only arm wrestling team, the roster might look very similar to that. The advantage of these big hitters was twofold, essentially offering an edge both off the tee and in approach shots. But what's happened in recent years at the U.S. Open is that fairways have been narrowed to the point that where even the most accurate players off the tee will find it in the rough pretty frequently. Of course, those who hit it 320 yards into the rough own a massive advantage over those who hit it 280 yards into the rough. Then there's a matter of these big, strong players able to gouge the ball out of a thick grass when needed, as opposed to the other players who might be forced to lay up on more occasions. We can argue whether this tournament should be more equitable. The best venues are often undiscerning in the types of players who can find success, but it's tough to debate this trend has taken place in recent years. Perhaps a 7,264-yard track like the Country Club hosting this event for the first time since 1988, and the first time for any event featuring the world's best professional golfers since the 1999 Ryder Cup, will buck that trend. Early reports are that it very much resembles the other U.S. Open venues, with a premium on accuracy, sure, but a massive advantage to the strong players when, and not if, that accuracy goes awry. Let's get to this week's picks and welcome in our guest, Charlie Chuck. Charlie Chuck, how you doing? Andrew, I'm doing fine. Nice to hear from you. It's been a while. (laughs) It has been a while. It has been a while. It's been a lot of me just talking to the microphone on my own, losing as much money on my own. And it's so much more fun to lose money with other people. And this week, we're going to be losing money on the U.S. Open. You love the U.S. Open. You're excited. Absolutely. Let me help you lose a little money. Okay. Oh, please. Um, Yeah. yeah, The the U.S. Open, again, is probably the toughest track of the year. It's the toughest field of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Everyone wants to win the U.S. Open. So yeah. this brings out all the big players. The uh, It's it's going to be um, something that's going to be – the fans are going to love. It's going to be yeah. barely under par, maybe two, three under is going to win this. So uh, you really have to be uh, – the, the mental fortitude, I guess, is the word. Mm-hmm. That hang mm-hmm. in there, ignore the fans, and just go for it. So it's going to be a favorites uh, tournament. And um, – Sort of the top oh, 10 awesome. guys. I don't think you're going to get anyone from, you know, a long shot. So um, just got to pick the right few guys. 
So absolutely, they got to hit it long. They got to keep it in the fairway, and they got to have a good short Ugh. game. So that's said and done. Play again. Um, my my pick. Not yeah, start it off. Not my furry favorite, but I'm going to take um, Xander Shoffley as Whoa. probably my pick. Um, okay. I like it. He has been in the last eight U.S. Opens. He has not finished outside the top ten. But mm. he's again. He can he can play. He's a smart player. Gold medals at that. So I think Shoffley sort of just under the radar. But I think he is my he's my he's my pick to win the tournament. Okay. Well, there we go. So your best bet is going to be Xander Shoffley there. So my best bet. Let's just start it off the yeah. top here. Is going to be. I'm just going to go back to the well and lose some more money on Shane Lowry at plus three thousand. Uh, so well, you don't like that? Oh, no, like no. That? He's he's lurking. He's okay. lurking. Yeah. He's made the cut in the six of the last seven U.S. Opens. Okay, and while that we're not betting him to make the cut, he's and I and I will grant you he seriously hasn't contended since he was the runner-up in Oakmont six years ago. He is inarguably playing some of the best golf of his life right now. He's playing really, really well, and so he fell victim ultimately to a rainstorm in the Honda Classic, which helped him uh, kept him from excuse me winning that title. And he soon afterwards suggested that you know uh, karma could manifest itself into a special week at the Masters, and it did, and he tied for third. So it's he wasn't wrong about that suggestion. There's just a chance the best is still yet to come. He's con- continually been on the brink of the next victory, and it shouldn't surprise anyone if it could happen this week. I like Shane Lowry at plus 3,000 because it's also in the back end of the odds a little bit. While I wouldn't feel more comfortable going much past that, it's also not a chalk pick. Absolutely, and and uh, again, he's a major champion, and uh, he's mm-hmm. playing the best golf he has, so uh, that's a good. Mm-hmm. That's that's very good, especially at that odds. Oh, okay. So excellent. Oh, thank you very much. So we have Appreciate to go it. a second bet. Okay. We're going to He's not getting a lot, even though he's great. John Rahm is defending champion. Uh, okay. um, he he's he's still a good player. He he knows how to win. He's kept away from the press. No one's talking to him. Hasn't played yep, in a yep. few weeks. And um, maybe he was off at the memorial. I'm not sure, but um, he he's rested. And, and I, I I he's he's his belief in the PGA is very quietly there, and he thinks it's the great, best tournament. So I think. Um, I think he's a definite threat, and he knows how to win the U.S. Oh, yeah, Open. So I like John Rom as the second pick. See, that's great. Those are two names I don't have on my card at all, and now I'm like, yeah, I like those names. Like, you just sit there. I, I always do love this. <laughs> Inarguably, with, with gambling, you, you make your bets. You're like, these are my guys. And then you almost somehow immediately resent your picks, and you look at somebody else's, and you're like, oh, I like those. Those are much better. Because... Yeah. Uh, my next pick is going to be Will Zalatoris at plus 3,000. So he's as a runner-up finish at both the Masters and the PGA Championship over the last two years. His ball striking might like someday render him a better fit for the U.S. Open rather than the others. If nothing, he just might be really good at major championships. And in the f- recent footsteps of Brooks Koepka, Xander Shoffley, as guys who tend to play their best golf at the bigger events, Zalatoris will break through. He's going to be one of the next big stars of the next generation. And 3,000 feels like a good number that we can get him at. So Will Zalatoris, let's do it. Wow. Okay. Okay. No, okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Some of the putting stuff is not good, but I, yeah, I know. Yeah. but he's always yeah. there. He's always there. That's good. Another he is always good there. Pick. Yeah. Okay. And, there we go. And I my that. third pick. Okay. Here we go. Well, and I, you probably have them anyways, but how can we turn down JT? Thomas oh, is there. He, he had a, he's had a few really good weeks in a row. He, yeah. he's, he, he's made for the majors. This is what it's all about. Um, again, no one hits the ball better than he does. His putting's better than a lot of those other guys where I'd be throwing in the 
people uh, like Spieth and that. And but I just yep. think that JT um, very focused. Um, he loves the 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 spotlight, and um, he is going to be my third pick. Okay. There we go. JT, I knew I was going to see lot JT of eventually chalk, on Andrew, this guy. A lot of chalk. Well, oh, shocking. I know. It's it's right in the title. Yeah. Um, okay. I got one more long shot before I start getting into the top finishes here. And this is the longest shot I have to win. Uh, I have just a Rose plus 8,000. So it's it's a bit difficult to recommend Rose in the betting market considering he was 80 to 1 before last week's RBC Canadian Open. And now with that same number, it's obviously a much deeper field. Of course, that's what happens when you post a final round 10 under 60 that includes three bogeys. Yes. Three bogeys and he still went a 60. Oh my God. So also, Justin Rose is just one of those names and this is, this you know, that's a number and that was an analytical way of putting it. And now I'm going to do it with my heart where you go, you imagine... How are you going to be mad on Sunday when you go, of course we should have taken that guy. That guy always does well. And it always bugs me because I never have money on that guy. And this time, that guy is Justin Rose. And he's a former champion, too. And he's a former champion. Absolutely. It always feels like he's always like 140 out and he's just, you know, pin hunting. Like that's always when they, and now we cut to Justin Rose on 17 and he just hits something like really low and it just stings right to the words, uh, the pin. So I, I just 8,000 feels like a really good number. Whereas like even some of the stuff around 6,500 or, or 3,500 didn't, I didn't like it as much as I would with Justin Rose as my fourth, uh, to win bet at plus 88,000. Okay. Uh, just a few things here. Uh, I like your, your picks at 8,000 and 3,000, but I've been leaning yeah. towards if, Trying to make money, not lose money. <laughs> so making money means Johnson Rose or Justin Rose would be a great top ten pick. It'll probably pay three to four hundred. Um, yeah. I, I like that, um, and he is a player. He's experienced. It's very good pick. The other one I'd like again would be missing the cut. Oh, okay. Now, Who's this? now our friend Phil Mickelson, who's under tremendous <laughs> pressure, and he's not gambling in on himself, so he doesn't care anymore. Oh, okay. So, we don't think. but I, he had a terrible outing in this fifty-four tournament, whole uh, tournament the last live. week. Um, yeah. Was ten over par on a real municipal course, not very good. So, I'm going to take Mickelson to miss miss the cut, and he is going to be harassed to no end in with the Boston crowd. So, I think. Um, those would be my two sort of, uh, let's just give them a try, and I think it might work. Okay, there we go. Okay, good. How do you feel about this live tournament? I don't, I only got, I'm going to put you on a pedestal here for two minutes, but just like, what do you, what do you think about this? Are you going to be a PGA homer? Are you going to be loyal? I have no time for it. Um, okay, there you we know, go. for 60 years, I've followed the PGA or whatever it's been, mm-hmm. and and um, it's it's the true test of golf, the best golf, best tur- tournament, tur- sorry, Best golfers in the world playing the best tour in the world. And um, yep. for something, I, you know, I just need to lose a lot of respect if I had any for a guy like Greg Norman. Um, if it's only <laughs> all about money, then yep. let it be, guys. But um, to me, there's more to life than just making two and three hundred million dollars. I don't care what you say. You still have to live with yourself. And um, it's just it's something that 54 hole shotgun start. That's what. That's what we do on weekends. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Team golf, it's it's just not it's just not there and I hope it does not work out for a lot of well, those guys. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. The political stuff aside, which I will more than gladly get into, but, you know, with our 20-ish time limit here, I can't. But I just, I would have so much more respect for somebody if they stood up there at the at the podium when they asked the question, why did you join this tournament? And they just looked you in the eye and said, 
money. And then you'd go, oh, okay, finally, someone's being honest with me. Absolutely. Uh, I just, I hate the thing. It's like, well, we want to explore the world with golf and expand. the. Shut up. You know that's not true. It's money. And just say it's money, and that's okay. But uh, like I said, what's the difference between $100 million in the bank and $200 million in the bank? I don't know. But good for them. Uh, I hope they do uh, very poorly. Well, you know, Uh, okay. Yeah, and I just had Mickelson to listen to his presser yesterday, and uh, he said, well, this will allow me to spend more time with people that love me, and I love them, and I'll know. It's 11 tournaments. They have to play yeah. in the 11th for their $200 million they signed for three years. He yeah. has yeah. way more flexibility as a lifetime member of the PGA to play the majors, yep. maybe the odd tournament. He can play when he wants or not when he wants. He can play only in America. And it's just, it's all a bunch of crap. It is. It, it's all yep. money, money, money. So it, it, yeah. he can't say anything. All he knows now to say is I respect everyone and no one respects him. So there it is, Phil. You're done. <laughs> And it's so funny now that they're at the country club, which was the last time, the last big, big tournament that was played there right. was the 1999 Ryder Cup. And now it feels like there's a certain team aspect to it in a weird way of saying like, there's a lot of people that are hoping a PGA player wins. So, you know, it's it's a very interesting uh, comparison. I'm going to throw out a few more bets here and then uh, and then we'll do a little recap here. But as a top five pick I, at plus 650, I really like Daniel Berger. If it wasn't going to be Shane Lowry for that first pick uh, to win the tournament, it was going to be Daniel Berger. Um, he doesn't make that many mistakes. He's a South Florida native, but de facto New Englander, having spent parts of many summers in the region and largely honing his game up in the Rhode Islands. So throw in a playoff loss to Jordan Spieth at the Travelers Championship a few years ago. There's a reason to believe that Berger should feel really at home this week. So, you know, I, I, I just, I've liked Daniel Berger for a while. I think this is a good pick and plus 650 at top five. I could totally see that happening. Uh, the only other ones that I really, really like is uh, I'm going to be picking out Tony Finau in matchups because right now he's about at a plus uh, 3,000, 3,500. And I just feel like, you know, uh uh-oh, somebody woke up top five Tony because he played well last week. And I just think coming into this week, he will be beating the people in that range. So you're going to find very good numbers for him as he matches up with people going into the weekend. And so Tony Finau will be a matchup play for me as well. It's very interesting. I'd like to uh, quietly have a side bet with you. You can take Daniel Berger all day long. And I would take Jordan Spieth. And I think that Berger... No, 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 no. Never been no. a major player. Will never be a major uh, player. I'm sorry to break it. But I do like Tony Finau. He is a good guy. You do like yes. Finau? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's 16 consecutive finishes outside the top five now. But I just think yeah. he was he was cold there for a bit. I just think he's he's a good... He's also like, just like we're talking about up top too, like a primetime player. Like yeah. a big tournament comes around, Tony Finau plays well. That's Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. There's worse ways to invest your money on that one. Yeah. So... There we go. Charlie Chalk, those are your picks. We're going to do a recap with them just after here in a minute. But thank you so much for coming on. We hope you have fun losing money. Good luck with your bets, and we will talk to you next week. Recap. Okay, on to recap our picks there. There's a lot more bets that I have here that I'm going to run through really quickly. But first, Charlie Chalk's picks. He has Xander Shoffley to win at plus 2,200, John Rahm at plus 1,400, and JT Justin Thomas at plus 1,200. He also has a bet on missing the cut for Phil Mickelson at minus 110. He might be betting with his heart on that one, but it's also his brain because I don't think Mickelson's making the cut either, even at the minus number there. My picks. Okay, here we go. I'm going to take a full big breath. Here we go. All right. Shane Lowry at plus 3,000 to win. Rory McIlroy at plus 1,100. Scotty Scheffler at plus 1,400. Will Zalatoris at plus 3,000. Matt Fitzpatrick at plus 3,000. Cameron Young at plus 6,500. And Justin Rose at plus 8,000. Now, into the individual finishes, Daniel Berger plus 650 for top 5, Max Homa plus 400 for top 10, Aaron Wise plus 300 for top 20, 
Audrey Arnas, plus 350 for top 30, excuse me, and Scott Stallings at plus 250 for top 40. And then the other one is for the first round lead, which is one of my favorite stupid bets. I like Mito Pereira at plus 5,000. There we go. That's the recap. Got it? Good. Record check. Okay, last week we had USC 275 on episode 121, and it was a real mixed bag. Great fights, which is first and foremost the best thing, right? That's why we do this. Good fights. But a mixed bag in terms of our bets. I'll just do it here quickly. Mayev, we had him. He, but first of all, I wish we had uh, more information on this because he came out with a square of red right on his uh, right on his ribcage. It looked like he like burned himself ironing a shirt he was already wearing. And I just, that's the kind of information I wish I had because I think Jack Mandela also saw the same thing and tried to body shot him to death. And you know what? It worked. So we lost with a Mayev at plus 135, but I feel like I didn't get all the information there. So completely wrong about this fight. Good for Jack. He's the real deal. We said this kind of going into the analysis of the fight. We were going to learn a lot about the winner and, you know, they would be the real deal coming out of it. Mandela's that way. So good for him. We have Valentina Chevchenko at minus 500 and over three and a half rounds at minus 160. We both won on those. Uh, we were completely right about this fight. We were compl- That's exactly how we thought the fight would go, that it would take time to warm up. Valentina Shevchenko has shown that she's very patient in the ring recently and that, you know, the result at the end wasn't a rushed one. I will say Talia Santos really might have gotten screwed. I don't care. We won, whatever. But she was a hell of a fight. And a split decision like that is only result of a bad headbutt that was just the bad luck for her. So good for us with Shevchenko. Two wins there. Uh, we were completely wrong about the Joanna fight. I don't know if you sense a trend here. We were completely right or completely wrong. We had Joanna at plus 150. We went for the loss there. And the fight goes the distance. That's a loss as well because Zhang just knocked the crap out of Joanna, knocked her into retirement. And, you know, just two things. First of all, Joanna, incredible champion, very good for the sports. I hope she, and she also, this is one of the few retirements of MMA where she retired at absolutely the right time. Not before she took two more beatings, not just get a couple more paychecks. It seems like she has got a lot of stuff outside the ring in her, in her native Poland. And I just, good for her. She was a great champion. But man, Zhang Wei Li, that, that fight cannot come fast enough. She showed real power. Give her a Sparza and let's put a belt back on her. That was awesome. So two losses there. And then we get into the real mixed bag. We get into the main event, the Prohaska to share a fight. We had to share at plus 170. That was a loss. We had an inside the distance finish at plus 275. That was a win. We had the fight ending by submission at plus 350. That was very cheeky. We won on that one. And the fight doesn't start the fourth round. Boy, were we wrong about that one at minus 280. That was a loss. So we were completely right about this fight until we weren't. Teixeira had it. He had that win in front of him. In the fifth and 70 seconds later, with only 28 seconds left in the fight, he was tapping out. It's incredible how the sport can change sometimes. Even though we lost on some of the bets tonight, this is why you do it. It was so much fun. That main event was so good. It was such a classic. It was a great fight. But my God, Teixeira, I think the instincts just took over. If he had just kept the mount and was just raining punches down, he might have won. But he went for like a guillotine and you're like, no, but I think that's just instinct taking over when you're that tired, when you'd be beaten that much. And so we were so close to a victory there. But weirdly enough, even though we went four and six on our card, we're up plus one units because of the small prop bets that have raised that value there. So we still actually made money somehow. Uh, but So we're not fighting that one at all. MMA continues to be just a real boon for us. So that was a great night of fights and we made money. How about that? Now over at Losing Money WIB, that's our free daily picks on Twitter, on Instagram, where we went four and four with plus 1.5 units. Hey, okay. Record's not great, but I'll take the money. That's totally fine. That being said, I cannot wait to lose money on the US Open. Subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom wherever you enjoy podcasts and please give a subscribe and a like. 
to at Losing Money WAB on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you decide to waste your time. We'll be back next Friday to lose even more money, but do please check out at Losing Money WAB in between there for losing free daily picks. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!